Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. In, into our series called Following Jesus. We touched upon the necessity of becoming like Christ in that if we were to ever make an impact in this world, if we were to ever successfully adhere to the call of the Great Commission of making disciples all throughout the earth, and the premise is that we have to first emulate Christ. In order for us to beget disciples, we must first become a faithful disciple of Christ. In order for us to emulate, we want to be able to follow Jesus into different contexts and different places where he spent ample time so that we want to just learn, soak, and in those places, we want to become more and more like Christ. In that, today, we are going to talk about compassion. Compassion. Uh, Compassion really is one of the hallmarks of Christianity. God calls us to not merely love with words, but with deeper sense of commitment to stand side by side and shoulder to shoulder, being able to participate and eliminating and alleviating pain and suffering in those around us. So without further ado, let's dive into the scriptures. So the gospel of Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Amen. Friends, would you bow your heads with me in prayer before we uh, get into the word of God? God, we thank you for calling us into your house. God, as we are still not being able to congregate Uh, God, we are fortunate, and we thank you that we can still worship God uh, through uh, the internet live streaming, Lord. God, I pray that you would really speak to us, God. God, we pray not only to understand what your words convey to us, but God, we want to make the commitment to become more and more like you. God, as we pause today and learn of this compassionate nature that you have, Lord, God, we pray that you may fully bestow upon us who you are. So, God, speak to us. God, we surrender our hearts, Lord. May you mold it. Uh, May you shape us in likeness of who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Let's quickly look at what the word compassion means before we go any further. The word compassion Uh, The dictionary defines the word compassion this way. Compassion is a feeling of distress and pity for the suffering or misfortune of another, often including the desire to alleviate it. Let me say that again. A feeling of distress and pity for the suffering or misfortune of another, 
often including the desire to alleviate it. And some of the synonyms, uh, synonyms that are included in the description of the word compassion are sympathy, empathy, concern, kindness, consideration, and care. So I want to just emphasize something here. I want you to understand that compassion is not just a word that conveys feeling. Compassion is not just one's ability or our assessment of a need. But compassion has to do so much more than that, where in that it is taking a proactive measure, not merely sympathizing, but I want to include this word. Also, compassion not only sympathizes, but empathizes. Let me differentiate the, uh, the two different words here. Sympathy is very quite simple here. Sympathy is you feel sorry for the person. There's, there's pity that is generated in, in the depth of your heart. This is also a God's trait. This is also Christ-like trait. Very important that you and I as followers of Christ to have sympathy. When we see brokenness, we want to make sure that we feel the pain of the person. But you don't necessarily understand what they're feeling. So sympathy is, man, you feel sorry for someone. Empathy is different in, than sympathy in that you're feeling with the person. Empathy allows you to connect with a person that is in the place of what? Again, someone who is misfortunate and someone who is suffering. So empathy allows you to be connected to the ones that are in less than fortunate states. It's to an extent where you are placing yourself in that person's place. And in that, you have a great sense of what they feel and you understand their feeling to a degree. And that's called empathy. I hope you guys understand what this is, what's going on here. Uh, some time ago, recently, my wife, um, uh, we were both on our beds kind of scrolling through our, our, our cell phones as, as many of you do. And, and she turned to me, Scott, I want you to watch this. She turned to me and, and said, hey, and she showed me a clip of um, a young man uh, with a clipper shaving uh, a lady's hair. What seemingly, what looked like uh, probably his mother uh, what seemingly appeared that she was a cancer patient, and now uh, for getting ready for the incumbent chemotherapy, he was shaving her head, her hair. It's quite emotional, just understanding, just knowing that there's so much pain and even greater suffering to be had for the woman in the video clip. And by that time, I, you know, couple seconds or several seconds into the video, by this now, the, the, the woman is completely bald, completely, uh, her head is completely shaven. And shortly after that, as, as soon as her head got shaved and, and the young man gets the clipper and puts it on his own head and would ensue to begin shaving his own head. Moments after, the mother turns to, I think that was his, her son, and they just embrace. And they just break up, burst out in tears, embracing. And I think in that moment, I realized that's the power of empathy. Empathy is not, you don't, you don't just feel sorry for somebody. You don't just recognize or you don't, you don't just observe the pain that exists. Empathy is so much more than that, where you, when you are 
able to, and when you willingly subject yourself to be in the same instance, same mode right there, and you participate together. In that, there's a heightened sense of understanding and participation of the pain the other person is going through. Again, I want to highlight here that compassion is more than just feeling sympathetic or feeling sorry for someone who is less fortunate. It is standing together in the place of pain. It is wherever you are, however you can, it is to participate fully. And quite possibly, if there's anything that we can do, we want to see if there's a way where we can alleviate that. And the most significant consequence of compassion is that, like I said, it alleviates suffering. So compassion lifts people's burdens and makes their lives more tolerable. Let me say that again. Compassion lifts people's burdens and it allows their lives to be more tolerable. And that's what Jesus Christ was all about. Jesus has often been called, he was a man of compassion. And that's because Jesus over and over again, he entered the arena of human suffering and he committed himself in lifting their pains and lifting their burdens. That's what mercy is all about. That's what kindness is all about. You see, mercy is more than an emotional experience of feeling sorry for someone's pain. Mercy is rather doing whatever possible to alleviate such pain and suffering. So by now, we see that compassion is more of an action rather than a type of certain emotion. See, Jesus couldn't look at people without being stirred to intervene. And Jesus encountered plenty of pain. He witnessed, he participated in plenty of suffering. And he just could not help but to involve himself in many people's suffering. And he was specifically moved when people experienced pain, when people were found to be sick, when people were found in deep sorrow, when people were hungry, when people were lonely and they were confused. Jesus, over and over again, he placed himself in the midst of those people. Look at our text Matthew 9, verse 36. Let me read for you again. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. You ask, why did Jesus have compassion on them? Why are we to have compassion on others? Read the next verse. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You see, Christ intervened for people for those that who cannot fend for themselves, those who lack the ability to take care of themselves as they should be taken care of. And it was specifically the compassion of Jesus that attracted people to him. I mean, people converged on him wherever he went. Every single person that had, what, a need. Every single person had some kind of infirmity. Every single person who had been carrying a burden that seemed beyond their ability is for those people that Jesus himself appeared to. 
and a lot of people came to them. And this is what Jesus was all about. He recognized suffering, and he was committed to relieving all the suffering. And that's why he said in John chapter 6, verse 37, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Isn't that amazing? Friends, isn't that the reason why you and I are so attracted to our Lord Jesus Christ? Because, he's, because of this immense ability for him to care for us. It's for his this incredible love and the, just, the, just the big heart that he has that he will never, ever turn us away. And Jesus Christ, he himself carried the moniker of what? He was a friend of sinners. We often ask ourselves a question, maybe just me. If Jesus, were to, if Jesus were to come visit us for a day, where would Jesus be found? Think about that. If Jesus were to, this is before, prior to his second coming, where he would rule upon us forever, if he were to just visit us for a day here on earth, where would Jesus be found? Isn't that interesting? Jesus was found all over the Gospels. The only time that he was found in the temple, he was quite upset. He was actually very angry, and he was, he, he was, quite, he was just very emotional. He was getting physical on, uh, on the people that was present at the temple. He was constantly found with those that were rejected. He was friends with prostitutes. He befriended tax collectors. Lepers were his close associates. Those that were foreigners, those that were not high, regarded highly in their society, Jesus chose to be among those people. And if Jesus were to find uh, just one day to hang out with us, I can guarantee you that he's not spending much time, if at all, in, within the close uh, vicinity of the churches. I guarantee you that. He would be found in the streets. Jesus would be found in the hospital beds, mourning together with those that are suffering, mourning and, and consoling and encouraging those that are on the verge of giving up on their lives. You see, Christ compels us to be more like him. He calls you and me to live a full life, our full lives in the life of compassion, caring for other people. And you see, the kingdom of God is about reaching people, is it not? It's about touching people. It's about transforming people. It's about lifting people from the place of pain and suffering and lifting them up and placing them in the, in the care of Jesus' hands. And the enabling agent of reaching others is compassion. Do you know what succeeds this passage? Do you know what happens after this story of Jesus being moved with compassion and he was found healing the sick? He was found consoling the brokenhearted? You know what happens after this passage? The very next verse talks about our ability to reap a great harvest. 
Suddenly, Jesus transitions onto talking about that there's a great harvest. See, what triggers a great harvest, what triggers reaching people, the, uh, uh, reaching the lost and healing the brokenhearted, it begins with God's people moving as they're moved by compassion. This is why Psalm 126 says, those who sow in tears will reap with great joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. You see, carrying sheaves with him. You see, compassion is a conduit that brings about the great harvest. So compassion is the activating agent that will bring about people that are lost, those people that have been scattered away from the presence of God. Compassion is the very thing that will be able to gather people now back onto the presence of God. Remember, this reaching people, this outreach business is a byproduct. It's something that happens naturally when the people of God is moved with compassion and now moving into action. There's another example of this. It happened in Mark chapter 5. There was a man named, a man who was possessed by demon. That demon that he was possessed under was called legion. Legion is referring to many. Particularly that word legion refers to 6,000. So there's a man who is demon possessed. This demon refers to what? 6,000. So imagine the evil spirits, all 6,000 demons possessing this man. Just imagine the, uh, just the, the pain and how tormented this man must have been. Jesus comes in close contact with this man. Yet again, he was moved with deep compassion. He saw the man who was suffering in that condition for many, many years and he did not choose to just look over. He did not. He paused. He sat in that moment and he committed himself in bringing about transformation and deliverance upon this man. And in just a matter of moment, this man was completely delivered of this evil spirit. You know what he said after that? Do you know what happened after he healed of this man who was demon-possessed? He said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. In other words, Jesus was telling this man, I have another mission for you. You're not done with me. I'm not done with you. As I'm healing you, as I have just delivered you, I now give you another mission. Take the compassion that I've shown you. I want you to go back and tell everyone else about it, this act of compassion. Uh, what I've given to you, now go home and share it with other people. And that's exactly what that man did. He left and proclaimed what great things Jesus had done for him. And the Bible says what? All the people were amazed. You see, the act of compassion leads to what? A reaping of a great harvest. Rooftop Church, understand that it is our desire that, yes, absolutely, we want to be makers of disciples. Is it, is it, is it not true? If we want to see conversion after conversion everywhere we go. But understand this. What did Jesus commit himself 
to do. What was Jesus great at before ever uh, 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 endowing the call for others to follow him? He always, always with, uh, lived with deep sense of compassion. And he always placed himself in the arena of suffering and pain. And he absolutely did everything that he could in his power to make sure that people were delivered from such places. Isn't that the Christian mission? Isn't the Christian mission, isn't it to show mercy as we have been shown mercy? Isn't it to be gracious as God the Father himself has been so gracious with us? Isn't our call to go out and empower and encourage others with hope as God has done the same when we ourselves were in places of hopelessness? We were left all alone, abandoned, without the promise of our well-being in the future. Christ compels us, commissions us, to exactly the same. You say now, to whom does God call me to be compassionate towards? Let's talk about that. Let me read for you again the descriptions that's mentioned in our text today. Who do we reach out to? Who do we look for so that we can emulate the characteristic of Christ? The passage tells us those that are distressed, those that are dispirited, meaning harassed, thrown down, marginalized, ignored, also what? Sheep without a shepherd. What does this mean? What, what does a sheep without a shepherd mean? What does a sheep without a shepherd mean? look like? Let me submit to you the context here. Sheep are not the most intelligent animal. There is a reason why when you see, when we call sheep, group of sheep, we call them flock of sheep. And oftentimes the shepherds were heard no less than like 100, 200, couple hundred sheep in one flock. It's because oftentimes they will tell you because a single sheep lacks the ability to find any bearing or any direction. And at any given moment, a sheep lacks the ability to fend for himself. So when Jesus is talking about uh, those that are sh like sheep without a shepherd, meaning those who are clueless, those who do not possess the ability for fend for themselves, look, out, uh, look after those who's like sheep without a shepherd. Look for those that have been rejected. Look for those that have been stripped with power to fend and care for themselves. Do you see anyone like that in your own life? Do we see people like that around us? What is this passage teaching us? What does Jesus really want us to grasp? He wants us to understand that we ought to be the ones looking for those that are in need of Jesus' care. He's actually letting us know that don't wait for them to come to you. 
You place yourself and look for those that are in the positions of suffering and pain. Do you remember what story is conveyed in Luke chapter 10, the story or the parable of the Good Samaritan? Talking about a man who was robbed and a church leader, a priest, a Levite, a worship leader, they both passed by, ignored the man, stripped almost naked, robbed of of any money that he might have had at the point, and left on the side of the road, left so that he could eventually die. What happens? And now we see an unlike hero in the passage, a Samaritan man, a foreigner, an outsider, an outcast, according to the standards of the Jewish community. The Samaritan man comes. He pauses. He decides to enter the arena of another man's suffering and pain. And he risks his own safety. He risks his own well-being because he fronted the money so that this man would be cared for in an inn, right? And Jesus tells us that is our responsibility. Our job is to go out and look for those that might benefit from our care. In fact, that might benefit, that might need the care and the attention of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what compassion is. Compassion is our willingness to come out of where we are, a placing ourselves in the midst of suffering and pain, meaning we are going out. We have our headlights on or glasses on, Jesus' glasses on, and we are looking for those that are less fortunate. We are looking for those that are hurting and in deep pain, and we place ourselves right in the middle of that, and we will invest all that we have so that at the end of our time with them, they will leave the place healthier, stronger, and even their love tank filled more than ever before. Compassion is so, so important. Compassion is so, so vital. Compassion, literally, it's a, it's a French word, actually. It's a derivative of French word. Compassion simply means suffer together. Suffer together. Compassion is more than a feeling. Compassion is, I'm going to be there with that person. Amen? Church, there have been so many powerful moments in the journey of Rooftop Church. There are so many memorable moments which I can recount at the top of my head. But I think when I think about the most profound moments where I experienced the hand of God physically just so strongly, where I knew that, man, Christ is in our midst. I tell you what, folks, the most powerful moments of encountering God in this church for me has every single one of them has been in moments where people were in Places of pain, places of uncertainty, 
where they were left without any clear direction, without the hope of the clarity of the future. It's when we sat together. It's when we positioned ourselves together, when we paused and decided to, you know what? Let's figure this out together. Let's make sure that you are strengthened. Let's make sure that you are able to go on, continue the path of which God has placed you upon. It's moments of encouragement. Random messages coming. Hey, you're not alone. We're with you. Literally sometimes physically surrounding us when we're in vulnerable moments, when we're in places of pain, we see people coming together. That's what compassion is all about. You know what? I think it's so sad when we hear the word compassion, we have reduced that word into a seasonal activity in the context of missions, in the context of community outreach. But I believe that Jesus calls us to active in displaying compassion in every single day, every single moment of our lives. He calls us today. He empowers us today to move out of the place of self-preservation and move into ser serving others. Rooftop Church, let me bring this sermon to closure now. And may this be a challenge. May this be a call that we happily embrace because I don't believe that we can faithfully or successfully adhere to the call to make disciples if we are not first successful in following Jesus, learning to embrace the compassion of Christ. So would you pray today with me? Would you inquire of God, asking Him, God, what ways, in what ways can I convey your heart of compassion? God, how can I be more sensitive and being compassionate person? And I, I love the song that we sang. It's, that, it's this attitude, God, break our hearts of the things that break your heart. Man, that's such a powerful, powerful line. And I hope you understand that's such a daring prayer. But it's also a necessary prayer that every single church, every single disciple of Jesus Christ must pray. God, break my heart with the things that break your heart. You know what compassion for others? It begins with by having compassion for our God himself. When we see the brokenness of our God, when we see how much his heart is in agony because he sees us suffering in his people, when we have compassion on our God first, and that sounds funny, but understand what I'm trying to get here. When we understand, when we empathize with the broken heart of God that will enable us, that will empower us to move 
with greater sense of having compassion for other people. So friends, pray with me. Maybe for some of us, it has to, literally has to be a supernatural thing. Maybe you categorize yourself as more rather insensitive. Whether you're a stoic person, you're not really a touchy-feely person. And, and, and I hope that you're not dismissing the call of Christ to your personality or your natural disposition. But today I challenge you to pray this prayer. God, make my heart soft. Help me to be more of a compassionate person. God, bestow upon me the gift to empathize with those that are hurting. God, when I see suffering, help me not to just walk by, ignore it. God, that is our prayer today. Our prayer is that we do not convey just the words of Christ, but God, we want to convey your actions as well. God, we will stop now just merely feeling on your behalf. But God, now allow us to be a people that move with your heart of compassion. We as a church commit to it. We as individual followers and disciples of Christ, God, we will do anything that we can to alleviate pain and suffering. We thank you. Holy Spirit, would you continue to minister to us? Would you continue to impart all that you know, we know that you want to impart to us? We thank you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.